when the song says, Surrounded by your glory, what will my heart fill? Will I dance for you, Jesus? Or in awe of you, be still? Man, what a great song of praise and worship. Encourages me. If you have your Bible, if you would, please, let's take it together as we say our Bible decree. All together now. This is my Bible, God's holy word. I will make it a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I will hide its words in my heart that I might not sin against God. Amen. He commands us, since we don't have sound, to give back a small portion. I'll be the narrator, right? Of God's love. Because God loves a cheerful giver. Where your treasure is, your heart is as well. When you let God... Use your blessings. Then he pours down blessings. Amen? On who? On you. And on others. The hungry are fed. The hurting are healed. The broken receive hope. And the lost are found. With your little, God does much. With your much, He does more. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much a blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> That's what giving's about. How many of you want to receive a blessing today? Re Amen. How many of you really want to receive a blessing today? Amen. I came here to receive a blessing. I came here today to learn from the Word of God. And if you have your Bibles, turn, if you would, please, to 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 1 through 9. And as you turn there, all of our little people can be dismissed today. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 1 through 9. And today we're going to talk about stewardship, one of the most fun and exciting topics that a pastor gets to preach on. Give cheerfully. So I wanted to add this little caption here. Give cheerfully, but too little or too much. Now today, because it's such a controversial issue, and we have people talk to me all the time, it's like, well, I understand that in Malachi it says that uh, a tenth is, means tithe means tenth, and I know I don't give tenth because uh, I can't afford it, and you cannot afford not to give. So I'm just going to start right off giving it to you like the Word says. We all got excited when I started quoting Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. One of the greatest blessings that I have received as a pastor 
is being able to give back to God what He has so lovingly and graciously has given to me, my wife, and my children. I love giving. I love giving of my time. I love giving of my talent. And I love giving of my tithe. But why is it that every time we speak on this subject, it always goes like this? Time, talent, tithe. Why don't we go, why don't we give of our tithe, talent, time? Because let's add it up for just a few minutes. I can't say seconds because then I would deceive you, right? So let's put it like this. If there are 40 hours in a work week and you were to give 10th of the 40 hours, how much time is that, Mrs. Tackett? Oh, I know. That was, oh, you just put it down. 10th of 40 is, thank you. I just wanted to see if everybody was with me. I mean, I need to get you going here, okay? So that's four hours. Just think in a work week, you'll go to work because you receive an income. So you're a good steward and you get to go to work and you get to have 40 hours plus that you will give to employment, right? So in that time, we start to think about just in 40 hours. And some of you work 60 hours, some work 80, some work less and some work more. But if you were to give just of your time, can you say in a 40-hour work week that you give God four hours of your time? Now, let's do the other part of this math. In giftings and in talents, if you have a talent, and many will say, I don't know what that talent is. I don't know how it works out. I've not really you know, searched it to understand what my spiritual gift is. We've done it here to understand if you're a teacher, preacher, evangelist. Uh, if you're a giver, an exhorter, an apostle, whatever you are, um, I think they should put one in there. There's some that are givers and others that are takers. Thank you. I'm glad you put that in there. And, uh, you know, because that's life. Now, I'm going to show you today that in the scripture, what joy it is to be able to be a good steward of what God gives us. Do you understand that the word steward or stewardship means that you are a manager of the riches and of the treasures that God gives you? So we come up, and you'll notice every week, and we have singers. I'm looking around here, and I see we have singers in the building. And some will say, well, but the pastor's family is up here as well. No, they don't have a choice. I commissioned them to be up on this platform. That's how that works. And, uh, but I love that they love to worship, that they love to praise, and they love to sing. But they're using their gift for the Lord. God says, make a joyful noise. And if you don't make a joyful noise, our sound team is trained to mute it. But as long as you are smiling... Everybody knows that you're having a great time and you're being cheerful, right? You're have, so there's your talent. So you're giving of your talent and of your time. And yet, it's difficult for many of us to give of our tithe. 
to be good stewards of the money that God has given us. I, I love what people say to me. So they come to me in counseling. They're like, Pastor, I'm broke. And I don't even know why I'm going in this, I'm, but I'm, I'm doing it because I'm getting somewhere. Because we're talking about climbing up a ladder today, climbing up those rungs, getting to where we need to go, right? The old song, I'm climbing up that ladder and I'm going home. I'm climbing up that ladder and it won't be long. At the end of that ladder, oh, what joy there shall be. That ladder for me. And the angels are holding up that ladder for me. So we're going to talk about climbing up that ladder and giving and being good stewards and hitting every rung in our life, right? And, uh, but I don't know where I was going, but I was going with a point here. And uh, people will come in the office. Thank you. My wife was listening to the message this morning. That's why she's over there. I said, honey, you can't leave. And when she's not in that front row, sometimes I panic. She gives me cue cards. I'm, I'm kidding. And, uh, but people will come in the office and they'll say, Pastor, I'm broke. And the first question that I ask them is, why are you broke? You're broke because you're probably not giving. And they'll say, but I can't afford it. To give what? I mean, I have, we're broke. Do you understand? It's so hard to make my rent. It's so hard to pay my electric bill. And I want to look at him and say, and do you think you're the only one that's ever been there? Because we've all been there. We've all been at that place. And I know, and you guys have heard me say, I've prayed over my finances. I've prayed over my bills. I pray over everything. Because I can't do this on my own. So my challenge to that couple is to say, all right, I'm going to have you do something. I want you to give 10% starting this week. And in that 10%, I want you to put it in, not expecting anything in return. That's not why we give. We give because we love giving, because it's fun. And do you know what I love about the pandemic? I have loved that we haven't passed a plate. I'm serious. I love that. And you know what I love, too, during invitation, that I see some of people going out to the the ATM machine, and paying from their debit card. I love that. That's just a part of who you are. It's no different than me coming up here and saying, okay, God, use us today. I want to sing I Can Only Imagine. Did that speak to you today? And it's for the same reason that God will say, hey, I want you to give this today. I'll never forget when I was broke as a joke. I mean, I was broke. And God said, give $5. I was wrestling over a $5 bill. That used to be a McDonald's, you know, meal at McDonald's. Now it's like twenty-two fifty just to get a Big Mac, and you know, but uh, it's my true story. But with the couples, I've said to them, give. So this couple comes to me and they're like, okay, well, with our with what we brought in this week, it'll be thirty dollars. That is ten percent of three hundred. Are we doing well, class? Okay. Um, so they gave thirty. And I always told them, if you will give to God, God will give you double for your trouble. So by the end of the service, they walked up to me and they're like, Pastor, you're not going to believe this. I go, believe what? I love good old stories, especially when God's involved. They're like, you're not going to believe it. We gave our $30 and this man walked up to us and he had his hand out like he said, the Lord spoke to me today and wants me to give you something. And he said, I shook his hand. And when he walked away, I looked at my hand and I went, 20s? What are these for? 20, 40, 
60 and everybody goes now I had nothing to do with that I just want you to know that seriously and then the next week and that doesn't happen you don't give to get okay so good being good steward is what God has entrusted you with to take care of that and so that couple said to me well now that we've been doing it I've gotten a raise at work I was able to pick up another job I can't believe how God has provided and that is one thing that I have found to be very uh, rewarding in my Christian life is to, to be able to give back to God. Now, let me show you in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 1 through 9. Here's what he said. It said that God loves a cheerful giver. And for the record, this is the first time I have preached on stewardship in this building in Talmadge, Ohio at 226 Southeast Avenue since we've moved here. So... Just for the record, for those that are scorekeeping, I don't speak about money a lot, but I do speak on stewardship because I think it's important. And yet, this is a topic I think that is very good since we're having a business meeting today. I thought I'd just preach on it, and God laid it on my heart. For as touching in verse 1 of chapter 9 in 2 Corinthians, here's what it says. For as touching the ministering to the saints, it is superfluous for me to write to you. For I know the forwardness of your mind for i know the willingness of your mind for which i boast of you to them in macedonia that achaia was ready a year ago and provoked your zeal hath provoked very many or it has stirred up a lot of people yet have i sent the brethren lest our boasting of you should be in vain in this behalf that as said you may be ready Lest happily if the mass of macedonia come with me and find you unprepared we Meaning that we say not you, not to mention you is what actually Paul is saying, should be ashamed in the same confident boasting. Verse 5, therefore I thought it necessary to exhort the brothers that they would go before unto you, that they would go ahead and make up beforehand your gift, your bounty, whereof you had noticed before, that the same might be ready as a matter of bounty or gift and not as of covetousness. Not as begrudging, but doing it out of obligation. But this I say, he which sows sparingly shall reap also sparingly. And he which sows bountifully, he that sows with blessings shall also reap many blessings, shall also reap bountifully. Now verse 7 it says, Every man according as he purposed in his heart, so let him give not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Now I want you to highlight that in your Bible there in verse 7 because actually that interpreted means God loves a hilarious giver. That's that's how it's interpreted. God loves a hilarious giver. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you that you always have all sufficiency and all things may abound to every good work. As it is written, he hath dispersed abroad, he has given to the poor, his righteous remains forever. God loves a cheerful giver. We say, and if we are happy and content with our own giving, we think that it is enough. We have climbed the second ladder of gold. We are climbing up that ladder. We think we no longer criticize when the preacher speaks on stewardship on Sunday mornings. As a matter of fact, we are apt to be caught smiling in self-satisfaction. We sometimes remark to our pastor as we leave the church, 
I just wish Derek had been here to hear this sermon. We need more like that, preacher. And he really needs more of that so that he can hear it and do it. We give, not grudgingly or out of necessity, but we do it because we love the Lord. We give because we believe that giving is something that must be decided in our hearts and in secret. And then we should give what we decide, not being influenced by how little or how much our church neighbor gives. There was a little old lady, and they had this church business meeting, and this little lady, she didn't have much. Very, very poor. And, uh, and so the pastor said in this business meeting with the board, he said, listen, I need some of you, uh, ladies and gentlemen, to, to reach out to some people in our church. And when I say that, here's a list of all of our members. I want to add on an addition. And so as he was passing this out, he you know, handed out uh, the, the list of names. Well, this, these two couples that were assigned to this little lady who was very, very poor, did not have much, lived in an efficiency apartment, didn't have much money at all, but loved being a church, never missed a sermon, never missed worship service, was always there. If there was a work day, she was there. They went back to the pastor, and he's like, so how did everything go? And they looked at the pastor, and they're like, well, we didn't say anything to the little old lady that didn't have much to give. He said, well, why wouldn't you do that? And the people looked at him and they're like, well, because how can you ask somebody that has nothing, is in line at the food bank, and is in line constantly, she needs so much, we as a church are helping her. He said, but you have to understand that people love to give. And you are robbing that woman of giving out of love. Well, what she didn't know about this lady is, and this is a true story, what she loved to do was back in the day when they used to have the glass bottles, they would come in different colors. Well, many people used to collect those glass bottles. So she started collecting the glass bottles. She would walk around her town and pick up the glass bottles. And all of the glass bottles that she would collect, she would clean and wash up. And that would become part of her giving. So for every nickel, every dime, every quarter that she collected was given to the building fund. The question I want to ask you is, did she give more than she had? Yes. Something so simple. We have a preconceived notion that this person can't afford it. That person can't afford it. See, giving comes as a measure from your heart. And it says there that she loved to give And she gave all she had because she was a cheerful giver. It is when we, out of an abundance of comfort and luxury, and all the things that we have cast into the treasury of God a little bit, that we seem condemned to stay on that second rung as we climb up that ladder. Cheerful givers, but altogether too pleased with our own generosity, with our own rate of giving. It is then that our giving becomes like an offering, a drop of water to a man dying of thirst, a bite of food to a man dying of hunger. Church, in America, we have the means to support all our charities, our hospitals, and our churches, and do it bountifully. If each one of us were willing to sacrifice to further the work of the church, the work of the kingdom, the church will go forward as it has not done for generations. 
We are in a time right now that there are so many people that are falling away. You know why? Because we've lost our joy. I was on a phone call yesterday with a gentleman out of state, and he was talking about their church and how it is to, to come back. And, and he started weeping, and he said to me, it's amazing to me to think that I can just walk into a service and just worship and praise. What is he doing? He made an effort to get there. He said, I don't care what anybody says. Having church on Zoom, having church on Facebook is not the same as having church in person. Amen? Amen. Being here and feeling the presence of the Lord and feeling His Spirit is everything. Here's the point this morning. He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. But he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one of us must do as he has made up his mind. And it says here, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to provide with you every blessing in abundance so that you may have enough of everything and may provide in abundance for every good work. Don't wait to be asked. Just do it. Woo! It's time to give. I'm giving you know, I didn't have time today, and I'm not making up an excuse, Jake. I'm just telling you. But I didn't have time today. I wanted to go get a bunch of $1 bills and just start chucking them at everybody. And then I got here this morning. I'm like, how did I forget about it? Because I was thinking about it. I can only imagine all morning. There's always next week. Okay, gotcha. But we can make it fun. Isn't it fun to give? We were down here at the light parade. Okay, not this past year because everything's been closed down, but it seems like it was yesterday, right? August will be here again. But anyhow, we're down there and we're passing out uh, popsicles. But they're the, the tubes, what are they called? Flavored ice. Flavored ices. I love those things. I was almost doing like uh, in Popeye. One for you, two for me. One for, I, I was, no, I'm just kidding. And I, I, I love those things, but we had so many of those Pop ice, whatever they're called. Flavored ice, flavored ice. That we had to bring some back to the church. And we were, we were trying to shove two, three, five, ten. My mother was having more fun trying to give out those stinking flavored ice. I'm like, she was, I, I thought, Grandma, hold on just a minute. Quit tackling these people. They don't want it. But she was having so much fun just giving because she became a hilarious giver. She became one that said, I just love this. And if you do it out of obedience and you do it because you love it and you do it because it's about Christ and you want the world to see the light of Christ in your life, you'll do it. How many times has God spoke to you and you've been sitting in your pew and God says, help that person to your left or right. Give them a $20 bill. You think $20 bill is a lot, but my father owns a cattle on a thousand hills. He has more provision then we can even fathom or imagine, but that $20 bill might just be that one thing that helps that individual meet a need. Stewardship, being a good steward with what God has given us is so valuable and important. Give without it being asked. You know, here, here's what's amazing to me. People will give, but they want gratitude for it. <clears throat> Look at me. I just gave that car away. Look at me. I just gave a popsicle away. Look at me. 
I just dug in my pocket and I had five $20 bills and I gave them that $1 bill that's in there. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we, all, we all have a, an attitude sometimes to want gratitude instead of just doing it. And what Paul is saying is here, give because you love. Give because it's fun. I love to give. You know, think about this. Here's giving just in a simple way. Getting out of your seat, walking over and saying to somebody, good morning, you've made my day. Good morning, I love you. Good morning, thanks for being here today. Can I pray with you over something? Think about, doesn't it, it makes you feel blessed because you felt it in your spirit. And I know if you are a child of the Most High God and you're in this room, God has spoke to you to do something at some point in your life and you know the differences from doing it or not doing it. Do you give to the Lord's work weekly or do you give to him weekly? W-E-K-L-Y. What is it that you give? At a Wednesday evening church meeting, a very wealthy man rose to give his testimony. I'm a millionaire, church, he said, and I attribute it all to the rich blessings of God in my life. I can still remember the turning point in my faith. I had just earned my first dollar, and I went to a church meeting that night. The speaker was a missionary who told about his work. I knew that I only had but a dollar bill and had either to give it all to God's work or nothing at all. So at that moment, I decided to give my whole dollar bill to God. I believe that's why I'm a millionaire today. As he finished, it was clear that everyone was moved by the man's story. But as he took a seat, that sweet little old lady sitting in the same pew leaned over and said, Wonderful story, Sonny. I dare you to do it again. (laughs) Do you get it? He gave a dollar, but now he's a millionaire. It's easy to give a buck. But it's not easy to give a millionaire. Pastor, if I were to win the lottery, I would give so much money. It would be unbelievable. Don't put a curse on this church. God has more money than the lottery. But I've heard that not once, twice, probably about 30 times. And my question is, Have you given what he's already given to you? Don't sit there and say, if I had. Because it's a measure of the heart. Stewardship and managing what God does in your life is about the heart. People will say to me, yes, I've been blessed. God has blessed our business. We've had highs and we've had lows. But I will tell you, and I stand up here, we've had a business of faith. This is my love. This is my passion. You can tell I love Jesus with all my heart. I cleaned toilets because I had four girls. And I had to raise those girls. Praise Jesus, they're raised. (laughs) Glory. Anyhow, at least I think they're raised. I'm not sure, but we'll see. Time will tell, right? But in that business, I knew what I had to give. And I know 
what's important for Becky and I to give. And we love giving. We love being hilarious givers. Our treasurer that's even sitting in the sanctuary right now, he knows in the budget, oh, pastor, you can get gas or you can get food. I don't turn in those receipts. I might every once in a great months down the road. But you know what? Because I love giving. I love that it's an intimate thing for me. I love being a hilarious giver. And I will tell you that God is blessed. And when we started the company 27 years ago, we were broke as a joke. We didn't have a loan. We didn't have somebody that consulted with me. I did what I felt God wanted me to do, just as he did with this church when we started on a deck with a lawnmower going and I had a music stand as my pulpit. We have practiced giving, and it's so important. When you don't give like you're supposed to and you're not managing your money like you're supposed to, then you will stay broke. And I'm just living proof of that. Not because I'm any different, but I am called of Christ. But I know the responsibility that God has given me to manage what he has graciously blessed me with. In 1 Peter 4.17, write it down, we won't turn there right now, Romans 14, 4-13. It says there that we will stand before God. And this is why I have to preach this today. We will stand before God and give an account for everything that was done in our life. Everything. And judgment comes from Him. So church, do you give of your time? Do you give of your talent? Do you give of your tithe? And when you stand before God, will you be able to say, Here I am, God, I gave you my all. I got to the end of myself. Materialistically financially, and I'm giving it all to you. I'm giving what was expected. Can you imagine if everybody gave 90% and kept 10%, God would still bless you. And you would say, but I'm broke. No, I'm not going to do that. That's not even biblical. It's not in here. That's not what I'm trying to say. But if you switched it for just a minute, he's saying to you, I'm going to give you 90%. You keep 10 In the Old Testament law and in that teaching, that's what he's talking about. But rest assured, church, that it says here, God loves a cheerful giver. So when you guys are hilarious about giving and you sing zippity-doo-dah, zippity-day, oh my, oh my, what a wonderful day it is, and you run to the back and you do a shot over your head and hoops right into that basket back there and you run out the door, you know that you've been given cheerfully and hilariously because it's fun. Growing a church, it's difficult because, you know, we we get different points of view and perspective on stewardship. And as you climb up, you mature. Yes, I've had to mature through some of this as well. We've had to mature through giving. And really what it is, it is a matter of the heart. It's a matter of obedience, just doing what you're supposed to do. Quit being selfish. You know, the Bible says that if you don't give him what is due, you rob him. You're a thief. He says, if you don't give to me what is owed to me, you are a thief. And God's people said, because that's the truth. I can prove it to you. But if we were to stand before God this very moment, I believe the question he would ask of us would be, oh, beloved child of mine, what would you do with what and with which I gave you? 
He would mean his gift of life. He would mean his gift of heart and soul. He would mean his gift of very talents. He would mean the bountiful possessions of this world that he entrusted to our care for a lifespan. And if we were to stand before our Lord Jesus at this very moment, what question would he ask of us? I believe that he would say, as he said to Peter once on the shores of the Galilean lake, many, many years ago, long ago. Hey, Peter, have you fed my sheep? What would be our answer? He might ask, how have you built my church? And he would mean far, far more than our beautiful church buildings of brick and stone. He would mean to find out what degree we have built his love into the hearts of men in our community, into the women of our community, into our nation, and around our world. That's God's world. Those on the rung as we climb up the ladder, as we grow and, and mature, are those who give generously and cheerfully. And they do not even have to be called upon to remind them of their promises to the church. They pledge to the ongoing work of the church. They think and then they plan ahead and bring their pledge in without being asked. But, oh, they certainly do expect the church to be grateful when they give so generously. There was this little boy, and there was this lady, and she had noticed that this little dude had um, outgrown his coat. And so the Lord had impressed upon her heart to take this brand new coat that her son had outgrown when she'd seen this little boy out in the cold. So she stopped by the house one day, and she said, The Lord has spoke to me, and I would like to give you this coat. The mother graciously took it, and the little guy took it and wore that coat many weeks all through the season. And there was one day the lady was walking down the road, and as she was walking down the road, she noticed that there was some needs that she noticed on the property. So she went home, and she's like, why is the property so run down? What is going on here? So she baked a pie and thought, I'm going to take it and I'm going to deliver it. But as she approached that house and noticed that, the, that even the, the outside of the porch, uh, the railing was broke, the steps were broke off. She noticed sitting over on the right-hand side was that coat that she had given to them that her son once wore, that she spent a bunch of money on. And as she approached those steps, instead of approaching those steps... She then got irritated and took that pie, sat it on the steps, turned around, and walked away. Here's what happened in this story. She didn't realize that the mother had become terminally ill with cancer. She couldn't get outside. She was a single mother raising this little boy. Who was there to clean the coat and to wash the coat and to look after that child. She was too ill. But you see what happened was the woman missed out on the blessing because she was more concerned about the thank you and the appreciation than she was out of obedience and having a cheerful heart of giving. You see, we give sometimes, and the Bible says don't give begrudgingly, 
Do it as you do it unto the Lord. That's how we do it. Now, you're, you probably thought, wow, this is interesting because, Pastor, you've hit stewardship on every level, from a personal level, through monetary, through giving, and helping other people. But we have to be very careful when we pass judgment on somebody else when you do not know their narrative. That's what's so sad. But many of us do. Who are you to pass judgment on the servanthood of another? We need to begin to understand that all men and all children are children of our Father. They are His servants. And only He can impartially weigh their capabilities, their needs, and their actions. Noble indeed is the person who begins to grow beyond the place where he requires gratitude for his gift. True Christianity is an outflowing of love that demands no return of any sort. I'm going to give because I'm going to give. And if I don't give, then I guess I'm not going to give. I guess I should have done this because I was hoping for that. We have to be careful. What I'm trying to drive home today is when God says that he cares for you and he loves you, he loves your measure of love for him and how you give last. Give without requiring a response. Here in 2 Corinthians, since we're already open to it, it says here in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 7. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 7, it says, Casting down or destroying false arguments, imaginations. Now I'm going to jump down to verse 7 here. That was verse 5. Do ye look on things after the outward appearance? If any man trust himself that he is in Christ, let him of himself think this again, that he is Christ. Even so are we Christ. For though I should boast somewhat more of our authority, which the Lord has given us for edification, and not for your destruction, I should not be ashamed. That I may not seem as if I would terrify you by letters, for his letters say they are weighty and powerful, but his bodily presence is weak and his speech contemptible. Let such a one think this, that such as we are in the word by letters, when we are absent, such will be also indeed when we are present. This is in the King James Version today. Had you noticed? Verse 12. For we dare not make ourselves of the number. Here it is. Ready? Or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. But we will not boast of the things without our measure. But according to the measure of the rule which God has distributed to us, a measure to reach even unto you. He said, whatever he has given to us, we give. This is for those who give generously without any thoughts of response. Where God blesses those who are called to give, they give to missions, red, yellow, black, or white. They're all precious in his sight. It is a matter of just giving. They, like the Lord, seek to be used and to give wherever man has need. If God waited for the thanks of man and appreciation of men, his blessings would never be showered upon the earth in the bountiful way we know them. Amen? If he made our gratitude the price of his love, we would be poor indeed. So this morning I'm going to ask you this. How are you giving? For the praise of man or the reward of the Lord? Listen closely. If God gave to us as we often give to his work, how would we fare? If God gave to us as we often give to his work, how would we fare? Some put a dollar in the plate and think they've done their share. How would we live if God gave us one dollar's worth 
of air. That's a thought, isn't it? Amazing thought. And then I'll say this as I conclude. God demands of us a stewardship of our possessions and a stewardship of our talents. No one in this sanctuary is talentless. How often we hear Christians remark, if I had the talent of our choir soloist, I would use it for God. Or if I could play the piano and organ, then I would give my time to the church. Christian, make no mistake. You may fool yourself this way, but God is not mocked. He has given talents to every one of his children. And if you cannot play the piano, or you cannot play the organ, perhaps he has given you the ability to listen with appreciation to the music that other people make. If you listen with true appreciation, you are an encourager of the one who is giving musical talent to the church. And listening with appreciation is also a very, very important talent as well. If you feel that you absolutely cannot speak before a group, you may be one of those who listens attentively when others give of their time to try to make study valuable. And this morning, if we can learn to go on giving and serving without expecting to be thanked, to be praised, we will and shall have learned a very, very big lesson. It has been said, anything can be accomplished if you do not care who gets the credit. Anything can be accomplished if you don't care who gets the credit. How true this is. But how hard it is to practice. Have you ever made a suggestion? Come to find out someone took the credit. That's heartbreaking, isn't it? It's not easy to let someone else take the credit. Yet this is an important lesson. So as we climb up this ladder of stewardship and as we climb up maturity in, in Christ, let us climb up that ladder to strive to be generous givers. And let us forget our demands to be thanked and that our recipient of our gifts must be grateful for them. Here's what the scriptures have to say. God causes his sun to shine down on the just and the unjust. Let us strive to be God-like in our giving. And we will earn our right to receive the blessings God has for us. It's very painful for some of you that are in this room. To have to give up of any of your money. But I need to speak to you very forwardly this morning. It's not your money. And if you came to church today because you came to get, well, you came with the wrong attitude. Come to give. Jesus Christ gave his son. He gave his all for us. Can we say that we'll give him just 10%? I guess this is probably a little bit different than most of the messages that I come up here and say, be a winner, not a whiner. 
be a victor, not a victim. Well, I want you to be a winner. And he says in his word, if you sow bountifully, if you sow bountifully, you'll receive it bountifully. You know what the Bible says? Give and it shall be given unto you with good measure. Pressed down, shaken together. La cucaracha, la cucaracha. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over, like running over, shall God add to your bosom. It says that He will open up the windows of heaven and He will pour out provision, He will pour out blessings, He will pour and pour and pour. And let me tell you, church, I was poor, poor. I was driving around when we were first married. I had a Chevette that was a standard four-cylinder. We were poor. My family, I have sisters that are sitting over here. I didn't go to their house and ask them for money. But Becky and I knew the responsibility that we had to give and to give. I love giving. You know what I love on Sunday mornings? I love getting up and just getting ready for church because it's part of my giving. It's part of me saying, Todd, it's not about you today. It's about me. Hi, I'm your Savior. Now, you have to remember, Todd, when you give, it shall be given unto you. I love this church. I stand up here humble every week. We've gotten so lazy, and this pandemic has made people lazy. We don't come to church. We don't get up because now we don't even have any faith. So get out of bed. Get excited. Come to church. Make it, make it a promise, and it's a heart decision. Just to say, I want to come. Because I could just look at you and go, I love you. 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 It's great to see you. Man, if you weren't here today, I would be speaking to an empty room. That would be boring. But when you preach on stewardship, sometimes I feel that way. Oh, just kidding. But this morning, listen to what the scriptures have to say about giving. And we'll close. Deuteronomy 16, 17 says, Every man shall give as he is able, according to the blessing of the Lord thy God, which he has given you. And then Deuteronomy 8, 18 says, but thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that gives the power to get wealthy. Woo! You have not because you ask not. He wants to open up the windows of heaven, and he wants to give New Hope Talmadge a brand new addition. Somebody said to me, because we're talking about it in the business meeting today, Pastor, that's a lot of money. I said, I know. <laughs> Everything about ministry has been a lot of money. But God provides. He always provides. We have to do our part. We have to give. Folks, you're looking at, man, this coming spring, you are going to see some flowers come up around this property. They had a bloom, uh, what are those things called? What are they? Bulb. They had a bulb fest. They were chucking them in the ground. 
I think there's 300 bulbs or 3,000 or something out there. I can't wait to see what we've got coming up out of the ground this spring, which is right around the corner. Thank you, Jesus. I got more of a response out of that than I got the whole service. (laughs) You got that right. I'm just going to, next week we'll be talking about spring has sprung. Listen, you all said amen like that. But if you'll sow some seed in his season, he'll bring the harvest. Thanks. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Let's rise to our feet. God, thank you this morning that we can come before you and just enjoy some laughter and some time and know that we have a church that, Lord, you know, has a heart to give, a heart of stewardship. Lord, help us to be great stewards and to to understand that we don't give for man. We don't give for public praise. We don't do what we do. We do because we love you. So, Lord... If we just became hilarious in the way we live our life and and the way we give and help the church, help the kingdom, help others, God, what an impact we would leave on this world. So God, help us to become hungry for you. Hungry in a way that, God, as you continue to give, Lord, you can take our income and triple it because you are God. You are omnipotent. You are all-powerful. You're omnipresent. You're everywhere. You're omniscient. You're all-knowing. You know what the needs are of man. But God, you are more than willing to bless us with abundance because we love to give to you. So God, change our hearts this morning. Help us to live a life that we can continue to hear stories of testimony of what it's like just to be able to give back just a fraction of what you've given to us. Oh God, I I can't even imagine how much love you have for us. For you even said in your word, as we started off the service today, for God so loved the world that he gave a life, that you gave your son, Jesus Christ to give us life and if there's somebody here that does not know you as Lord and Savior may they run forward may they be cheerful and excited and hysterical about coming to know you as Lord and Savior may they not leave these doors without coming to know you in a personal way so God if we've been struggling for those that are struggling in this room with giving Lord help them to understand how exciting it can be to be able to give to you and to see just what true obedience is about. Putting everything else aside, just knowing because we do it because we want peace in our heart. So God, thank you for providing for us. Bless your church. Bless your people. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen.